0: thanks dad (laughs) so is that good this morning or what yeah. yeah isn't that good so good thank you worship team knocked that out of the park I could hear the angels singing with you you know Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's start this morning. I'm going to read. Let's start with uh, Joshua chapter one and verse one. It's under the J's. Joshua. Just kidding. Um, all right. Joshua chapter one. We'll put it up on the screen for you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aide, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. You know, right now we're in a season of changing from summer to winter. Um, We had fall. It was on Thursday, if you missed it, (laughs) and possibly half day on Friday. That was fall, okay, here in San Diego. But, uh, you know, it's a fun time. It's like you go to the coffee shops and all the pumpkin spice lattes are out. And it's like, can't wait to wear your boots. And then we turn up our air conditioning so we can turn on the fireplace. Because that's how we roll in San Diego. But we are having a season change, okay? Okay. Which, you know, uh, it's very similar to uh, God. God uses seasons. One of the best statements I heard was when Prophet Andre was here, and he says that God uses seasons, the devil uses cycles. So powerful. Because if you look back at your life, you probably, if you look at your journey with the Lord, you probably see seasons through your life. You probably see seasons where, You know, it was an extensive time of really growing and learning. And, you know, if you're in a Bible college right now, I know the students feel that way. Uh, Or or maybe it was a season where you were just stretched in your faith. uh, Or maybe a season where you just had abundance and blessing coming in. But then on the other hand, maybe some of you feel like you're in a season of wilderness. Like the Israelites were. Where nothing's really changing you're still facing the same situation. The increase hasn't come. You're still wondering if you're gonna get out of this. Nothing seems to be changing around you and you're starting to feel like this setback after setback after setback is just kind of like the new normal for you. You begin to think that your circumstances around you are not changing, this is gonna be permanent for you. Well, I'm here to tell you, don't get comfortable. It's temporary. Don't build a house where God only intended for you to camp. Okay. The seasons are changing. That's the title of my sermon. That's what the Lord put on my heart. And that is that the seasons are changing. Don't get comfortable. Uh, you know, there was a, a, an, a young boy who was... An, uh, born to an immigrant family, and he grew up, and all he wanted to do was play for Major League Baseball. He wanted to play for the Detroit Tigers, and uh, so, you know, when he came out of the military, he went into, uh, and he enrolled, and he got into playing for the minor leagues, and he was playing minor league baseball for a number of years until he blew out his knee and ended his baseball career. Very depressed, went home, moved back home in with his family and his parents, didn't want to work, didn't want to do anything. And one day his dad came to him and was like, listen, you got to get a job or you got to get out of my house. One of the two, right? So he went to his friend in town, his friend owned a little restaurant and he said, hey, can you, can you give me a job or my dad's going to kick me out of the house. So he said, yeah, come on in, you can cook in the back, you know, you can help us make the food. And uh, he started making the pizzas, and he, he found out that he really liked making the pizzas, and he was really good at it, and it got to a place where people were coming in just for his pizzas. And so he saved his money, and then he bought his first little place, and we all know him as the owner of Little Caesars, Mike Litch, or however you say his last name, because it's double L, it's hard to say. But Mike Litch went on and to to run Little Caesars, which became very, very popular and very, very wealthy, as we know. When he made all his money, Mike then went on to buy the Detroit Tigers baseball team. (laughs) So he owns the very team that he dreamed about playing for. See, when you experience setback in your life or seasons of wilderness, The devil wants you to think that this is permanent. That your dreams are dead, they're gone, they're buried, it's not going to happen. That this setback, that this mistake, that this tragedy, that this failure, that what you're looking at is permanent. And that this now defines you. And you know, it's sad because this is what we begin to believe we begin, we, we, we begin to believe the lie and we begin to look at our lives through the lens of our current situation. And we see dreams that have, have stalled. You know, we see, we see roads that we, we didn't take or roads we wish we hadn't taken. And what happens is we allow our failures to name us. Oh, yeah, the, you know that guy, you know that guy who declared bankruptcy twice, that guy. Oh, you know who I'm talking about? That girl, she got divorced. You know, that guy who can never, he can never hold down a job. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, you know, the couple, they used to have it all. So we allow our failures to name us and define us. And see, that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to think that what you're surrounded by is permanent. This is it. This is as good as it's ever going to get for you. You've made too many mistakes, too many failures. This tragedy has really done you in. Nothing is going to change. But I'm here to tell you, this season is about to change. See, because the problem that you're facing is temporary. God's promises are permanent. The scripture says that the only thing that will stand the test of time is the scriptures. It says everything else will fade away. Everything else will fade away. The only thing that will stand is God's word. God's promises to you, God's scriptures, everything else will fade. You see, Mike's dream was to play for the tigers. God's dream was, I want you to own the tigers. See, God's dream is so much bigger than ours, but we get stalled. We get stopped because we think, oh, you don't understand my dream. It's failed. It's dead. It's gone. God's like, what? (laughs) That was never your dream. I've got such bigger plans and a destiny and a dream for you than you could possibly ever imagine. And every once in a while, I think if you look in your life, you will see that rejection can sometimes be God's redirection. But we don't always see it in the season. Sometimes you have to walk through that season to be able to look back and see, wow, God, I see your hand on that. I see your hand helping me through that time. You know, I know uh, many people, I know many people uh, got words and prophet, prophetic words when um, Andre was here, and also prophetic words given over their lives, to, even at our, our P3 uh, ministry times. And, um, you know, prophecy, it's not, it's not just to feel good in the moment. It's not just for, for an encouraging word. Of course, it is all of that, but it's not just for that. See, prophecy is also God's invitation to intimacy with him. Especially when it's concerning your future, it's God's invitation for you to come a little closer. Because a lot of times, if you're honest with yourself, God feels a little far away or a little distant, And you're not sure does he even know what I'm going through. Is he familiar with what's happening to me? And so what God is, God's already in your future and your past and your present. Remember? So God's already in your future. And he, he gives you a little word now to say, hey, look, this is what you're going to be for me. This is what you're going to do. So in the moment... We feel like, wow, God's, God's got my number. He's, something, he's saying something amazing over me. But that word is so that you would go push in into that quiet time with him and say, Lord, what, what, more do you, what, what more do you see with this? What does this mean? How do I get closer to your heart? How do I understand you more? How do I walk in this, what you have asking me to do? It's an invitation to intimacy. But then prophecy is also a lot of times given for you to hold on to. Because there's, when the storm comes, when the drought comes, when the desert comes, there's that word, that prophetic word that you hold on to. Maybe somebody prophesied of you and said, you're going to have a baby and you've been trying and trying and trying and it's not happening. Well, you hold on to that word and you say, God, you are in my future and you see me with the baby. So I'm going to hold on to that word and I'm going to believe it now that I'm pregnant. So that's what it means. And the same thing applies in the scriptures, the scriptures are full of promises. The scriptures say that you can have peace in the midst of your storm. The, peace, the, the scriptures say that you can have comfort in the midst of your heartache. Why would God say something if it wasn't possible for you to do it? So he is saying you don't have to deal with anxiety. You can have peace in the midst of what's going on around you. But what do we do? How do we do it? We have to get hold of those scriptures. They have to become alive to us. It can't be something that's in the book that you heard on Sunday. It has to become alive to you, and then you have to speak it out over your life. You have to say it over your life. What God's word is. You know, I I, we grew up in South Africa, obviously, but I know in the states this happened too. We used to have a milkman deliver the milk when I was a kid. He would come with the milk bottles, and then I would have the empty little ones there, and we would ex- do the exchange. You know, you'd give him the empty bottles, and he'd give you the full bottles. The new kids are looking at me like, what? They used to do what? But who, who had a milkman here? See what I'm saying? We're not alone. There we go. And uh, this one particular milkman... Uh, uh, he was a believer, and he would go to this one house, and he would always drop off the milk, and this little girl named Cheryl would meet him, and she was about 11 years old. And he would, uh, every time he dropped off the milk, he would say, you know what? You're the most beautiful girl there is. One day, you're going to win Miss America. And she would giggle and laugh and go inside. And then, you know, the next time he'd see her and come out, he said, you know what? And they would talk a little bit. And then he'd say to her, you are such a beautiful girl inside inside and out. You know what? You are going to win Miss America one day. And then a few years later, tragedy struck. And she was involved in a very serious car accident that broke her legs in 32 places. She ended up with over 200 stitches in her face. She was in practically a full body cast. The doctor said, you never walk again. And then laying in in her hospital bed, she remembered those words that were spoken over her. And she said, God, I believe you can heal. I've seen the miracles that you talked about. You can heal. You can do the impossible. And so she began to trust God for her healing and she remembered those words that that man spoke over her in a, in a prophetic way that he said you will be Miss America one day and she decided to push through and trust the Lord and she began to heal got out of the wheelchair went through years of physical therapy until one day she enrolled in the in the little local beauty show beauty talent contest and she won it and she went on to apply to the state and she won that And then in 1980, she won Miss America. Shell Pruitt. Well, Pruitt's her last name now. She went on to win Miss America in 1980. See, the thing is, it's easy to get, and now today she serves in ministry. I think we have another picture with her and her husband. She serves in ministry now with her and her husband. See, it's easy to get stuck into a season. It's easy to get stuck in a season where you feel so just worn down by what's happening. And you just want to give up. But see, the way out of that is to remember God's words over you. Is to remember what God spoke over you. And to believe that this is temporary. This is going to pass. And it is not Permanent. Only God's promises are permanent. That's what you have to hold on to. See, she had a season. She had a season where prophetic words were spoken over her. Then she had a season that she was in a wheelchair, literally crippled by life. And she had a choice to make. I can stay here because the doctor said I'll never walk again. Or I can choose to remember God's words over my life, hold on to them, and then push through in the natural. Do you know how hard it is to do years of physical therapy to learn to walk again? There is something we do in the natural while God does the supernatural. That's what she chose to do. See, we have to get back to saying, you know what? I'm not camping out with this sickness anymore. This is not permanent. This is temporary. I'm going to choose to believe the word of God that says Jesus bore my sickness and disease on that cross, on his back, with every whip he took when it hit his back. That is for me. That blood that was shed was so that I could be healed. So, body, you better get in line. You're about to change because this circumstance has got to change because only the word of God is true. This healing is coming, the sickness is going. I refuse to stay in this situation. This is temporary. God's promises are permanent. See, maybe you feel like maybe you feel like you're in a wheelchair financially. That you've been crippled by life with what's hit you. You have to do the same thing. You have to believe that this is temporary and that you're not staying broke. And that you're not going to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. Because the word of God says, given it shall be given unto you. And you're saying, you know what? I'm a giver. I'm a tither. So my situation's going to change. God says he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So situation, this is going to change. And if this is you or if you are in that financial situation, then I, you need to go back and listen to last Sunday's sermon on repeat every day for the next 30 days. Do the Pepsi challenge. Like... Seriously, if you weren't here for last Sunday's message, or you didn't hear it, it is by far the best sermon I've ever heard on God's financial protection, blessing, giving, Holy Spirit-led giving I've ever heard. And I've heard a lot of messages. So seriously, there is so much power and so much anointing on that to set you free. And if you've got struggles in that area, put it on repeat. This is not in my sermon notes, but back when I was struggling... Uh, financially when i was going through a real real difficult time many years ago and i was working on the ships and i worked on commission and i was trusting the lord and my dad knows my situation got so bad he took over <laughs> he's like give me the bills you're not you're not coping right now <laughs> if you've ever been a parent and you've done that for your kid but he also gave me his financial guide book at the time And that's what I took with me. And I put those scriptures up all over the place. And I began to speak them out over my life. And I began to believe them. And that's why finances are what they are in my life. Because I trusted. In that situation, I was like, i got to give my way out of this. I've got to speak God's scriptures over my life. I can't refuse to look at my circumstances and think they're staying. I need my circumstances to change. And the only way they're going to change is by the word of God. So say this season is changing. But see what we like to do is we like to talk about our problem because <laughs> it weighs on us. It's honest. I get it. It's a lot. It weighs on our shoulders. We're thinking about it all the time. And so the mistake we make is we begin to talk about it a lot. And what happens is we magnify our problem. Instead of talking about our God and his promises and magnifying our God and watching our promises uh, watching our problems be eliminated. See, who are you magnifying or what are you magnifying? They say that, you know, whatever you feed will grow. It's the same thing. Whatever you talk about will grow. So whatever you're talking about, you're magnifying. The scripture is clear that we're to choose life or death when we speak. What are you choosing to speak out of your mouth? Some people say, oh, death. I don't speak death out of my mouth. Well, do you say, well, we're just never going to be able to afford that. Or, no, we can't do that. We can't afford that. Or, man, no, you don't understand. I deal with these migraines every month. Oh, no, this. I'm just used to this, this, this body ache, this pain. No, I, I don't, I'm never going to get married. That can't happen. I, I can't ever keep a job. Hear those words? That's what the Bible says is death. So what you're doing is you're speaking death of your life. And when you speak death... The demons that are assigned to your words now have legal rights in your life. You're like, what? Christians can have demons? Yep. Mm -hmm. You can have demons oppressing you if you're a Christian. Because you you opened up your life by your words. See, what you did when you spoke words of death is you came into agreement with that little demon that's been chasing you. And now he has legal right to stay that little demon of depression that's been running after you, now you start saying, oh, man, I'm just miserable all the time. I can't get out of this. I feel so blue. I can't think straight. I'm just so sad all the time and depressed. You came into alignment with him. Now he's got a legal right to stay. And then you come to get prayed for, Cindy, please pray for me. I'm struggling with all this kind of stuff. And I can try and I I pray. But the minute you walk out the doors, your words align with that demon. Guess what? He's staying. He ain't leaving. You need a little deliverance is what you need. You need to come forward at the end. We'll, give, we'll pray for you, get, deliver you. And then you're going to repent and you're going to ask God to root up, uproot those words that you spoke, pull them out, ask God to call those words to naught so that they won't be fulfilled in your life. But it's in many things in people's lives. You don't realize that the sickness you're dealing with or this disease or this constant financial turmoil or whatever it is, it's because you've spoken words of death. The demon has come and he has a right to stay because the devil understands the power of your words and he's gonna hold you to them. you have to <laughs> you have to repent uproot them pull them out you have to choose to speak God's word over your life see because what happens is when you speak the scripture over your life the Bible says that the angels are commissioned to your words to fulfill them it's not your smart words people it's the it's God's words the Bible is literally God's words. And when you speak those words out of your life, when you say, no, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I thank you Lord for providing for me. I thank you for paying for these debts. Guess what? Boom. Angels are commissioned to make sure that word comes to pass in your life. So who you decide, who do you want upholding your words? Cause they're upheld one way or the other. Choose life or choose death. A- And, and, you know, the other thing I notice is that some of us, we're like, we get all excited. We're like, yes, we're doing this. We're setting goals. We're trusting God. We're going to watch out words. We do that. We start on Monday and then Wednesday comes the, well, what if? And if only I had done this differently, I wouldn't even be in this situation right now. Here come the distractions is what I call them. The enemy comes with the distractions because you're all on fire and on target, and he wants to knock you off this pretty quick. So by Wednesday, it's the what ifs and the if onlys and how did I even get you and and uh, why did I even and what happens if I step out now? I'm going to step out. I've told everybody I'm stepping out now. What happens if I fail? Right now, here comes the unbelief. See, this is what was happening with the Israelites. The Israelites were in Egypt, and God had decided. It was time for a change. It was time for a season change. So he was getting them out of, out of, out of Egypt, going through the, the desert, and then they were going to walk into their promised land. But they didn't make it into their promised land because they kept falling for the same cycle the enemy used on them all the time. One cycle, unbelief groaning complaining murmuring I don't know I don't know God they kept missing the next season God had for them I mean honestly I don't know I've always wondered how these Israelites how the same how the same Israelites that saw the miracles of God never trusted the God of the miracles I mean they literally saw the Red Sea part it's an ocean people it was like how many feet high in the ceiling on, on, on either side, like a mountain of ocean. And then wait for it, not a couple of people, three million people walked through on dry land. What? And then they were led by every day. They were led by a cloud at night, in the daytime and a, a pillar of fire at night. They had manna literally fall from heaven to earth to eat. Then they get to the promised land. This is it. And they're like, oh, no. There's giants here. I don't think, did, did God know about the giants? God's like, oh, no. When did they move in? As if this caught God by surprise. They were never intended to fight the giants. God was going to do it. See, and this is what happens. God leads us somewhere, and we're following him. We're so excited. We get so close to the promised land, and we're like, oh, no. This is a really big problem. This is a huge problem. This is a giant. I don't know how we're ever going to get around this. I don't know what we're thinking, God. I mean, he, I thought he brought me here, but I don't know. This is a massive problem. Clearly, I need to back up a bit because I can't keep going forward. God, did he know? Of course God knows. He never intended you to fight the giant he's gonna fight it for you that's if you want to trust him that's if you want to believe him see the desert was only ever supposed to be a season on their way but it ended up being 40 years long because of their cycle of unbelief and doubting and complaining and murmuring and what-ifs and doubting God this continued to happen until what Until God could raise up a generation of Joshua's. A generation that would say, God, we will take on the giants with you on our side. A generation that would say, no, we believe, we saw the miracles. We saw you part the ocean. We saw you bring down manna from heaven. God, you're the God who provides. You're the God who defends. You're the God who restores. You're the God who redeems. That's who we believe. We believe that God's got greater in store for us. And there are people that decided to rather speak what they believed and not what they saw. Can God trust you? Can God trust you in the season that you're in? Can He trust you? Or are we going to be the Christians that complain and murmur and whine about what's going on? And I'm not really sure I'm kind of trusting God. I'm trying God, I'm trying. how do you want your season to end how do you want to finish running your race how do you want to live who do you want to be called I want to be a Joshua I want to be a Joshua someone that trusts the God of the miracles someone who trusts the God of his word and what he said and what he's promised he will do in my life a God, who's, a God who wants to change this city, a God who wants to change this world, a God who wants revival in these people. Uh, that's who I want to be. I want to be, I, 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 want, I don't want to be a person who cares about what the world throws at us. Who cares who's in government? Who cares who, who who's running for, for president next? Who cares about what's happening outside these doors? No, it's not about that. It's about trusting the God of the miracles. About calling yourself a Joshua and saying, you know what? We're not going to be, uh, we're not going to be a victim to what was done to us no we are going to be a product of what god has done for us we're going to be a generation of joshua's there's a scripture in a scripture in galatians galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 and it says let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He's, that's a warning. It's a warning. Because he's like, guess what? You're going to get weary. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to throw in the towel and say, you know what? I've been believing for so long, but I haven't seen a change. I, I think I need to throw in the towel. There's a scripture for you. Who already has seen how you feel and he has given you a warning don't give up don't give up the season is changing when prophet andre was here he said we're going into a season of harvest and i believe it harvest in every area of your life if you believe it but more importantly he said the ones that get the harvest are the ones that show up it's the farmer who goes out and actually does the harvesting that gets the harvest Are you prepared to show up in your life in every area and start calling in that harvest? Start speaking God's word over your life in every single area so that you see a harvest in every single area. And realize that this is going to be the time of the greatest outpouring, the greatest harvest there is of souls. There's people around that are lost and broken and hurting that God wants to touch, that God wants to heal, that God wants to restore, that he wants to bring in. And guess what? He needs you. And there has never been an easier time to be an evangelist in the entire world. So if you sit there and you tell me, you don't understand, I'm so shy. I can't, I, I can't talk to anybody. I forget my name. Do you have social media? Well, if you have social media, you have a platform. Social media, you can create posts. You can go on Facebook Live and you could do a little d- devotional Bible study. Shelby over here, she has her own TikTok thing on TikTok. Yeah, yep, TikTok, and she's doing biblical things and getting out the word and doing things, and TikTok is crazy. People follow you from all over the place. Whatever, Whatever you can do to get God's word out. Little Bible devotionals with friends on Marco Polo who aren't even saved. You know who I'm talking about, Cheryl. So there's so many ways that you can do something today. You can film from your own house. You can do a little Bible study and let people start watching you. You'd be surprised who will watch your account. Make your account public so that anybody can join, anybody can follow you. Prepare your heart, pray, seek, and then go, God, who can I I talk to? Who can I invite? You'd be shocked how many people will just watch your Instagram if you started doing that. You could share the church's Instagram pages. You can. There's so many ways you can do something to spread the news about Jesus. You can get online and tell your testimony. If you had a good testimony the week before, you can say, "You know what? I'm just going to jump on and share this and see who watches." Let the Holy Spirit do the other work. You do something. Because you know, Jesus said, if you're embarrassed of me now, I'll be embarrassed of you one day in front of my father. And the angels. And we just heard there's like a hundred million of them. It's a lot of people to be embarrassed in front of. I'd rather hear the I'd rather hear it hard now. And I'd rather hear it be like, you know, it'll get a fire under my butt and be like, Yeah, you know what? I haven't been doing it, than to stand because we don't know when our life is over. We don't know. Could be tomorrow, could be 20 years, who knows when it's going to be. But when you get to stand in front of Jesus, almighty God, you're going to be like, man, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have told that person. I wish I wouldn't have been so scared or embarrassed to say the wrong thing. Rather say something than nothing. But this is the time where the harvest is ripe. So you just have to look around to see who you can invite, who you can talk to, who you can pray with, who you can reach out and be there. But believe that the season is now the season is changing in every area God wants you to have a harvest in your personal life but he also wants you to have a harvest in his kingdom you want to be part of something that's going to be eternal that's what you want to be part of so be praying about it thinking about it God what can I do I want my life to testify of the glory of God I want people to look at my life and be like wow man she definitely didn't do that on her own do you know what she's done in her past <laughs> this must be God because this is gonna be her some of you are like, oh, I don't know if I can get on a social media and start saying this. My friends are going to think I'm crazy. Good. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that you start giving God the glory for your life for every little thing that goes right. Be that person that gets on social media and go, oh my goodness, I got to tell you what Jesus did today. Okay, I was almost in an accident. He saved my life. I got out. Whatever. Because we're so quick to complain and tell everybody and yelp about whatever goes wrong. But how quick are we to get on and give God the glory? Start being that annoying person who goes on every day to thank God for something else. And watch how many followers you start getting right? It's that thankfulness. It's that gratitude. It's saying, you know what? I'm not going to be an Israelite. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to murmur because I'm going to be a Joshua. I'm going to listen to God's word and I'm going to speak God's words over my life because I don't want demons on my words. I want angels on my words. The best is yet to come. Don't be that person that says, oh, the good old days. Start saying the best is yet to come. Stand with me as we read this lost scripture. 1 Samuel 12, verse 16, and the scripture says, Now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. Stand here and see the great thing that the Lord is about to do. He's about to do a great thing in your life. He's about to do a great thing in this church. He's about to do a great thing in this city. He's about to do a great thing in your marriage. He's about to do a great thing in your life. And if you believe that, you say, Lord, I believe it. I'm going to stand here and watch you work, God. I'm going to speak your word over my life. I'm a Joshua God. I will speak your word and I will watch you perform. I will stand back and give you glory for everything you've done, Lord. I will know that it's always you. You're the God who's always, good you're the God who's always more than enough you're the God who always comes through and God I know you're going to come through and I stand here expectantly waiting God for the good thing you're about to do thank you Lord thank you Lord Thank you, Father. Father, we love you. We worship you, God. We thank you for for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for this word. Holy Spirit, help us keep guard over our mouth. Help us keep this word tucked away in our hearts that it can keep bringing revelation. Help us to to watch what we say, to speak your words out of life only, Father. Lord, I thank you for every single person that you've brought here today by divine assignment, God. That you needed them to be set free and delivered and made whole. So I thank you, Father, for your precious Holy Spirit and what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. 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 Well, as, as we dismiss you, what we're going to do is we'll, we're going to lower the lights a little bit. I'm going to have some music. I'm going to ask my ministry team to come forward. And uh, as we dismiss the rest of the service, I'm serious. If you feel like you've been dealing with something in your life that's not going away, besides repenting for your own part in it, there sometimes needs to be an authority taken by somebody standing in agreement with you to take authority over that demonic spirit to tell it to go, okay? It will go in the name of Jesus. It will flee, but sometimes you need that prayed over you first before we then pray for healing or whatever the situation is after that sometimes you got to get rid of that that force that's in your life before God can intervene and fix what's got to be fixed all Right, but the ministry line is open if you need prayer for whatever healing somebody to stand with you in agreement for whatever the situation that you're facing you just want prayer uh they're down front here okay otherwise thank you guys so much for coming out have a great week